Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 133 in Edmonton. Royal Pizza celebrating 50 years in Edmonton. And they're still making it great. On through October. That's right, 50 years at Edmonton, and Edmonton owned and operated, and through October. Royal Pizza offering the combo special. Your choice of Greek or Caesar salad with garlic toast, two medium gourmet pizzas, and four anniversary cookies, all for just 50 bucks. Pick that up at any of their 14 Royal Pizza locations. Still to come, list day and orders history with a Edmonton-Calgary connection. And Evan Bouchard, back into our Heartland Forward uh, text line at 630-630. Heartland Ford out in Fort Saskatchewan. Oh, Mr. Escott, we're going to have some fun here. The Fizzler, who loves to keep us honest on the show. Bob, what happened to Oil Change? A show about the Oilers' rebuild should have been the longest-running series in television history from The Fizzler. <laughs> I digress. Uh, yeah, well, uh, perhaps that's what happened to oil change. Uh, you know what happened? Change of general manager, change of, uh, coaches, some input there. It was like, it's not, when you have that inside look on a continuous day by day basis, it gets grating after a while. So those shows do have a bit of a shelf life and they cost money to produce. So keep that in mind. You can text us at 630, 630. Um, why is soccer the most uh, participation sport in the world? When you're playing it, you don't have to watch it. I actually don't mind watching it. The zone has killed it, though. I mean, because the uh, uh, UEFA championships are now on the zone, and you can't you can't watch that uh, over regular TV anymore. Now they've got the uh, EPL as well, so they've changed it. This text comes in out of Edmonton from Big G. He says, "Bob, I finished my junior career." Holy cow. Uh, did we ever get a recalibrate there? And I just blew out of about page and a half worth of text. I just found it there. All right. Uh, Big G, finished my, both my junior career and university career losing to Daryl Leeson and Jason Claremont on Taylor Field. I hate them. But they are great athletes, and that was a great program. Well, what was remarkable about the year that uh, Regina won uh, the uh, the Canada West is they won with a 4-4 four and four record, and they went all the way to the Vanier Cup, and they lost. Neil Hughes was a big part of that team, too, former uh, tailback for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders organization. Uh Buff said camshaft. Okay, he goes, uh, guys, the worst thing about soccer is the diving and rolling around like they've been shot. He actually used another word. He misspelled the word shot. He did. We've all done that before. <laughs> Just like you never want to mispronounce uh, the name Schmidt on the air, if you know what I'm saying. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Uh, all these people that crack, uh, uh, crap on, I, I don't like using the word, that one of the textures, uh, there's just one word I hate using, well, there's lots of words I hate using, but, uh, all these people that crap on soccer sound pretty insecure if you ask me, that one comes to us out of Edmonton. Brazil is to soccer what Canada is to hockey, except Canada's been better lately than Brazil, Okay. 
Bob Riley Sheehan seems like a good fourth line center. Can we still grab Marlowe? Marlowe would give the team the intangibles for years to come, and he could be a third C or a second line wing. It's been a while since he's played center, and here's the problem. As we discussed on yesterday's show, Riley Sheehan puts Edmonton now at 48 contracts. Okay? They're actually at 50 if you go on cap friendly, but uh, Broberg's an on counter. And so too will Olivier Rodrigue when he goes back to junior to play for Moncton. So that drops him to 48. Right now, yes, Pulleyarvi's a non counter. If the Oilers theoretically, if Ken Holland maneuvers a trade for Pulleyarvi, would there be a scenario where the player they got backs in the American League on an NHL deal? That would take Edmonton to 49, and most teams don't like to get to 50. But never say never on Marlowe. I guess never say never. But let's just say that Riley Shan made a lot more sense uh, to me than maybe uh, Patrick Marlowe. Now, this one I like out of Camrose from John. He says, Bob, New Zealand is to rugby what Canada is to hockey. That one makes a lot of sense. I was going to propose that same comparison, but I feel like New Zealand dominates. Well... Yeah, I but guess New so. Zealand, New Zealand's gone some gone through some times where they were expected to win, like Canada, and they didn't win. Who was that guy they had? Uh, Jonah Lamu was that his name? He ended up passing away a couple years ago. Like if you watch the, was it Invictus? Was the movie uh, when South Africa upset uh, and won the? Uh, I think look up. I think it was 1995 for the Rugby World Cup. And at that time, Joan Alano was the best player in the world and was just crushing guys. Uh, there we go. Again, you can text us at 630-630. Brent says, Bob, I didn't think oil change was canceled. I just think it's in reruns. Hodgie <laughs> uh, out of Medicine Hat says, Bob, to your question, how do you take into consideration the Canadian population, the fact that Canada could ice several teams at each level of international play and they'd be competitive? To me, it's comparable to USA and their golfers. Other countries have representatives who can win any Sunday. However, the USA has lots of players who can win on Sunday. P.S. says Haji, you forgot to mention Hudson Bay rules. As notice, as notable as Hudson Bay exports. That is true. There's something to be said for Hudson Bay rules. And I grew up with some guys in the Duggan area of Edmonton circa 1981-82, the Matia boys who could box and wrestle. And when they played, uh, and they couldn't skate very well, but they knew how to fight, and it was Hudson's Bay rules. Like, if you went past them, you got two-handed. If you played ball hockey and undressed them, you got punched in the side of the face. And the worst part was, not only could they box, not only could they uh, swing and throw the flippers, but they could also wrestle. Uh, in fact, they were, you know, Pan Am-level caliber wrestlers. I think they both represented the country at one time or another. Motley Crew is to rock what Canada is to hockey from Nick. If you say so, we, we've sort of gone. Winter is to Edmonton what hockey is to Canada from Jonathan out of Ormond, Saskatchewan, born in Edmonton. Brian says, Bob, as a Liverpool fan, I feel uh, like the Flames fans who had an excellent team but had to also deal with a great team like Man City last year. Yes, except... 
Did Liverpool not win the European Club Championship when it was all said and done? Under Jurgen Klopp? I believe they did. You can text us at 6.30, Out of Lloydminster, Dallas asks, Bob, with Kyle Brodziak likely headed to LTIR at some point, does that change the number of contracts? No. Case in point, uh, the Oilers have a kid named, and I forgot his name. Who's the right shot defenseman? Ryan Stanton with the eye. No, it's not Stan, It's not Stanton. Ryan Mantha. Ryan Mantha. There right, it is. Yes, yeah. but thank you. Once you said Ryan, I, yeah. Mm-hmm. So Ryan Mantha has been basically injured uh, for two and a half years of a three-year deal. This full year coming up, and he remains on their fifty-man reserve list. And Brodziak would remain on their fifty-man reserve list as well. But good question, uh, nonetheless. KDK says, Bob, could there be a Justin Falk for yes, a swap? Obviously, the Oilers would need to add both salary and value, but could it be a possibility? Ooh. Uh, hmm. Well, they'd have to take at least $3 million bucks, Right? Because he's making like 4.6. So they'd have to take at least a $3 million contract. And then a pick, and it'd have to be a decent pick. Uh, I, I will say we had Jerry Johansson, who's one of the classiest. We got a lot of positive feedback, by the way, in Jerry's appearance on the show a week ago Thursday. He gave us, uh, I know we talked about this a bit, uh, just about uh, Sebastian Ajo and the belief that he could make it work with Paul Yarby. One more thing. like, the, Did you see the tweet from the guy from Finland saying Oilers fans won't like this, but yes, Paul Yarby has scored another goal in Champions League hockey? Are you kidding me? Oilers fans are stoked every time you support. Keep scoring over there in your... Ken, Ken Holland should be stoked every he, time he scores Absolutely he would be, yes. Uh, there's a lot of soccer haters chirping in, but Edmonton has got a huge soccer youth community. Yes, it does. Uh, this uh, Dunner in uh, North Fan says, Bob, I did not know that Jonah Lamu had passed away. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a really sort of weird illness, as I recall. He was the most dominant rugby player I ever saw, and come to think of it, he reminded me of Eric Lindros. That is a fair comparable. Have you ever seen the highlights from him? Like, Brandon, you should you should look him up. He was, he this guy, like, he's almost a bit like Derek Henry. That's a terrifying thought. <laughs> no, he was like six foot four because Derek Henry was is six three two fifty, mm-hmm. and Derek Henry is fast. He can move. Okay, like last year when he had the four touchdowns in the one game for the Titans, not the ninety nine yard touchdown, not the one because that was up the left sideline, but the one on the right sideline. Somebody they clocked him at the as fast as anybody in the NFL had run that year. So. Jonah Lamu had that sort of speed. Bob, who do you think uh, would give Lucic the best tilt, Cassian or Nurse? That one comes to us from Kyle in Slave Lake. I think Zach would have a better chance. Darnell, Zach really knows how to fight. Zach's also left-handed. Milan is very strong. Like, he is really strong. Just keep that in mind. Bob, you're right. You uh, Liverpool won their sixth UEFA Championship. Love the Reds. They'll win the league this year. I think you're right. I do think they'll win the EPL this year. Uh, Andy says, Bob, the Finnish reporter actually said the Oilers media will hate this butt, which made absolutely zero sense. That text that comes to us out of Honest Andy. 
Bob, with Carolina now having eight defensemen, who's leaving uh, from there and to where? Well, the most likely scenario is that it's going to be Justin Falk. He's in the last year of his deal. I mean, they they shouldn't trade Sla- Slavin or Pesci. Those guys are both really good defensemen. Dougie Hamilton, I mean, they gave up a fair amount. That's a big trade for that organization. And then who do they sign this year? They just signed Jake Gardner today to a four-year deal. They Did they not sign or bring somebody else in? They've still got TVR there. Trevor Van Riemsdyk. Who's who's the sixth defenseman they got? I'm missing somebody that's decent. Oh, this is going to make me mad. Uh, wow. Forgot off the top of my head. Uh, you're Pell Donkey out of the uh, thriving metropolis of high-level Alberta. Do they still have the zoo up in high-level Alberta? Not saying I know where all the establishments were from back in the day. Jonah Lamu would hit guys so hard, uh, you'd wonder if the guys in the receiving end got internal injuries. He literally crushed people. He did. Like, his highlights are, you know, I don't know. This, he was, um, like, when you saw Bo Jackson run against Seattle back in the late 80s, and Bo Jackson had three runs of longer than 90 yards in his end, and he was exploding through players. So he had touchdown runs against the, the touchdown run against the Broncos when he ran over Steve Atwater, right? That's what Jonah Lamu looked like running through guys as well. Now, there's no equipment on, so it's tough to, you know, it's it's tough to tackle. I don't think Lamu was as fast as Bo. I mean, Bo Jackson won a, ran a 4.1240. Seriously? Yes. That is unheard of. A 4.1240. Bo Jackson, Brendan, is the greatest athlete of all time. Yeah. I mean, did you ever see... <laughs> we're, we're going way off. Did you ever see the video when he was talking to Adam LaRoche's son? He's So he was like a guest instructor at the Chicago White, uh, White Sox camp, uh, training, you know, preseason. And he's talking to uh, the kid, and the kid's like 12 years old, and he goes, well, I played baseball. I played for, you know, Kansas City and uh, the White Sox and the California Angels. I also won the Heisman Trophy. Do you know what the Heisman Trophy is? Uh, is? And the kid kind of looks at him, and he goes, yeah, and I played in, uh, for the Raiders. And the kid goes, the Raiders? Are they in baseball? And he goes, yeah, I, I played for the Raiders. And then he goes, yeah, and I, I was in the Pro Bowl, the All-Star game for football, and I was the MVP of the All-Star game. <laughs> you just realize. Hey, ESPN did that uh, series, Sport sport of Science. They called Bo the greatest athlete of all time. I agree. But Jonah Lamu in, in rugby had that sort of – you know, and, and I get, I get yeah, the comparable to Derek Henry is probably closer than just because he didn't have quite the explosiveness that Bo did. I mean, Bo was just, if he doesn't get hurt, who knows? Crazy. And he got hurt because he was so powerful that he could pull through a tackle, and that's how he ended up wrecking his hip. He could text us at 630-630. Here we go. Hamilton, Gardner, Falk, TVR, Pesci, Slavin, Bean, and Flurry. One, two, three, four, five, six. Hamilton, Gardner, Falk, TVR, Pesci, and Slavin. So there's the six. Um, and then Bean and Flurry, and they think something's got to uh, give there. The, hey, we rarely give the Fizzler two texts in one day. Jonah Lama was the youngest ever all-black, and he turned down a $10 million offer to play in the NFL. This guy was unbelievable. P.S. Bob's right. Bo was the greatest of all time. Fizzler, 
It took you nine years of texting this show to text something positive. There you go. Uh, when we come back in orders now, a positive... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. For the future for Edmonton, they've got a right shot potential puck mover coming. His name's Evan Bouchard, and we'll get to this day in Oilers history. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We're going to circle back to rugby in a second. 151 in Edmonton. Uh, this day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Ask about their Oilers Now hockey road trips to New York and Chicago. Call New West Travel. Go online at newwesttravel.com. Brandon S. Scott, what do you got? Back in 2000, Bob. Legendary Oilers goaltender Grant Fear announces his retirement as a member of the Calgary Flames. The Oilers' first round pick in 1981 was a first ballot Hall of Famer in 2003, won a franchise record 226 games over 10 years in Edmonton and had 37 assists, 54 penalty minutes, both of those also topping the all-time list. All right. Uh, We mentioned uh, Invictus. That was about the 1995 World Cup Rugby Champion squad from South Africa during the days of uh, Nelson Mandela. They up set New Zealand 15-12. New Zealand are the two-time reigning uh, World Cup rugby champs, and they blew it Australia, their longtime rival, in 2015. And in fact, there was a time that New Zealand would not play in South Africa because of apartheid. It was that big of an international uh, situation. Uh, so, for throw that out there. Uh, again, you can text us at 630-630. We caught up with Evan Bouchard. He's going to be one of the Oilers prospects that we're going to be watching the most tomorrow night. Again, that game's available on EdmontonOilers.com. Let's get to that conversation. Well, Evan, you're going to be one of the most interesting prospects for people to be watching, especially given that you made the team coming out of training camp last year. Um, I guess the first question I have for you is just uh, how was your summer and what areas at the end of the season uh, did the organization ask you to, to see if you know you could maybe work on to help you take that next step on a permanent basis? Yeah, summer was good. Um, you know, lots of time to uh, for training and stuff like that. Um, definitely worked on uh, some things, you know, skating, pivots, and that was something that was big for me. And um, you know, I think uh, you know, keeping the skills uh, up to par, I think, was important for me. You played in the uh, NHL last year, uh, obviously in the OHL. American Hockey League playoffs, the World Junior Team. Mm-hmm. Do you think maybe having all those different experiences or something that you might look back in two or three years from now and think, you know, that really helped me? Um, yeah, I think this last year was uh, was huge for me. Like you said, getting a taste of uh, the NHL, taking some things back to London with me, working on those during the season. Uh, World Juniors, that's the experience of a lifetime. So uh, that was nice. And then um, going into Bakersfield, I think, was huge, getting a taste of pro playoff hockey. And I think, uh, you know, being an Edmonton at the beginning of the year really helped me with my confidence and getting used to that pro level. Um, urgency, maybe, at times, uh, just in terms of on a, the, the permanence and how quickly guys can get on you mm-hmm. at the NHL level. And maybe, as you know, you, you can play, you, when I watched you play in the AHL, it was like you could play in a rocking chair. <laughs> and Chris Pronger got to that level, and no disrespect. I mean, Chris yeah. Pronger was a, was a brilliant defenseman, yeah. one of the top three defensemen in the league for 25 years. But uh, where I'm going with this is it, it is a little bit of a different speed mm-hmm. adjustment. But do you think that your game, as you get more acclimatized to the, the speed of the NHL game, is something that you can 
can uh, deal with on a consistent basis. I think so, yeah. I think it's always uh, going to take some time to get used to, to the league. You know, it took uh, obviously some time going into junior. It's obviously a step up, and I guess it's uh, an even bigger step up now going into uh, the NHL. But I think it just, um, you know, as long as you're ready for a confident yourself, everything will be all good. i got to ask you this. Uh, you spent a lot of time with Ryan McLeod in the preseason last year and finished up with him in the playoffs. Uh, you probably got to know Tyler Benson as well. Which, yeah. of, which of the guys have you sort of stayed in contact most with in the offseason that you sort of met through the Oilers organization? Yeah, McLeod's uh, obviously one of them that I'd talk to, um, you know, on a regular basis, go meet up with him a bunch. Um, Tyler Benson, great friend, so I still talk to him uh, almost every day in the summer. And obviously Yamamoto being with him, not stuck in a room with him for, for a month or two in Edmonton. So um, I guess those three were the three that, uh, you know, I really got to uh, get to know and stay in touch with. Dmitry Samarukov make you take him out for dinner after the playoffs? <laughs> I think he should be taking me out for dinner. Oh, it still sucks, eh? <laughs> yeah, it still, still hurts. All right. All right, uh, and as you probably know, uh, Samarukov, Guelph, came back from 3-0 down to beat London in seven games. This texter comes in. Uh, Bob, what is Mrs. Stoffer's favorite sport and why? Hockey. Because once hockey season starts, that means that her husband's going to be gone for at least 100 days a year. So I would say that hockey would be my wife's favorite sport. Uh, her mother also worked for the Oilers uh, for 25 years. So uh, I, I we had a little trivia contest one time with my wedding party. And uh, one of the guys knows sports as well as anybody and could easily work in this uh, business. Uh, there's two guys I know pretty well. Uh, one guy's name is uh, uh, Jack. And he's in the memorabilia business. And another guy, his name is Doug. Uh, he was not at my wedding party, but uh, Doug is in, uh, kind of works in phone installation business. Those two guys could step in tomorrow and give anybody in town a run for their money on air because they know sport and they have a feel for it. But basically, I challenged the rest of the guys. In my, well, wait, wait a sec. John Sexsmith was in my wedding party, too, so i got to be careful here. But we had a little trivia contest, and she more than held her own on uh, hockey trivia back in the day. But she gets very excited at this time of year because I'm going to be on the road a bunch. So she doesn't have to put up with me. So I'd say hockey would be her favorite time of year. Reed Wilkins. It's his favorite time of year, too. Who does he got on tonight? An Ask Stamps preview with Dave Campbell and Stamps color analyst Greg Peterson from News Talk 770 in Calgary and much more coming from Oilers Rookie Camp. All right, there you have it. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Cassandra Jodwan, followed by the 630 Chet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye. Reminder, uh, tomorrow the Eskimos uh, take on the Calgary Stampeders. You can listen to that on 630 Chet and Oilers Flames Rookies on EdmontonOilers.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.